the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. Today we start a brand new series uh, that's going to lead up to Easter. It's called Three Days That Changed the Entire World. We're going to look at Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 15, and Mark chapter 16. And we're going to go through all those, uh, those three chapters, verse by verse, line by line. There are three major stories here. The first story is the Passover preparations. And as we come to verse 12, Mark 14, verse 12, it's Thursday, Friday, the next day, Jesus will die on a cross. He knows that, but the disciples do not know that. Today's Thursday. The religious elite are well into formulating their plans, and before this night is over, Jesus will be arrested and handed over to the Romans. So this is the last night that Jesus has with his disciples. These are the most memorable hours that he spends with them. And I want you to imagine if you only had one night left to live on this earth. What if tonight was your last night on this planet? What would you be thinking about? I I think that you need to think about if this was your last night on this earth, how would you spend your time? What would you say? What would you want to impress upon those closest to you? You need to know that Jesus will make every moment of this night count. Verse 12, on the first day, and it was customary on the first day of the feast to sacrifice what's called the Passover lamb. This feast, write this down, lasts seven days. And so for 1,300 years in Jesus' day, 
they had been celebrating this feast called the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, where they went back in time and remembered that time that God had delivered them. Now write this down. The first night of that week celebration, I mean, they partied for a week. But the first night, they participated in what's called the Passover meal. This took place in Jerusalem. The significance of that is that three times a year in Jesus' day, every Jewish man living on the planet and his family had to go to Jerusalem three times a year for three different feasts. This was one of the three times where every Jewish person had to go to Jerusalem. The result of that, the city is crowded. It's packed. It's wall-to-wall people. And let me tell you, there's a celebration in town. So verse 13, he sent two of his disciples telling them to go into that crowded city. And I want you to find something unusual. You'll find a man carrying a jar of water on his head. And uh, the next verse says, he says to follow, follow that man. When you see that man, you follow him. This is like CSI Jerusalem. (laughs) You find that man and you follow him. And you watch and see, verse 14, what house he goes into. And when he goes into that house, you go up to that house and you knock on that door and you find the owner of that house that he enters. And you say to the owner of that house, our teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Verse 15, he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. And so the disciples left, and they went into the city, and they found things just as Jesus had told them uh, and prepared for the Passover. Now, everything that happened that Jesus said happened exactly as he said it would. Those two disciples, they go into a city, it's packed, it's wall to wall. They see all these ladies walking around with jars on their head. They're looking for something unusual. Oh, there he is. There's a man with a jar on his head. They said, that's the guy. And so they followed him, and they kind of waited. They saw him going to a house. They got their nerve together. They went up. They knocked on the door. The owner came, and they said, "Uh, I know you don't know us, and we don't know you, but our teacher sent us and said that you had a, a room prepared for us. And he said, oh, yes, come with me. And they took him upstairs, and they showed him the room, signifying that this, everything that you read here in Mark chapter 14, 15, and 16, and everything you're going to hear me say today was put together divinely by Almighty God himself. Passover preparation. Sometime that night, Thursday evening, Jesus and his disciples go to that house. They walk up these stairs into what's called the upper room and they participate in a meal called the Passover meal that Jewish people have been doing for 3,300 years. I give you the menu. It's in your notes. You see the menu there? This is the Passover meal. They had unleavened bread. I've already explained to you why they would have that. They had wine in four cups. Four cups of wine. I'm going to explain that to you at the end of the sermon. They had these bitter herbs and a sauce that's made out of dry fruit. And of course they had a roasted lamb because back when they were set free... God raised up Moses and said to Pharaoh, let God's people go. And he said no. So he brought ten plagues. 
He kept saying yes, no, yes, no. He kept changing mind. Finally, he said no. Finally, the tenth and final plague, the last plague. They've been in bondage for 400 years. The last plague, God said, take a lamb, kill the lamb, take the blood, put it on the tops of the sides of the door frame. And that night in Egypt, my death angel is going to go down every street and look at every door. And if you have the blood of the lamb on the tops and the sides of the door frame, my death angel will pass over your house. And if you don't have the blood, your firstborn child will die. And that's exactly what happened that night. And finally, Pharaoh said, that's enough, God's people can go. And so to commemorate that event, they had a roasted lamb. Now after sunset, it's Thursday, don't be mad when I tell you this, it's Thursday, as soon as the sun sets, it's technically Friday. That's the way the Jewish people keep track of their days. You and I don't keep track of our days that way. But you need to know that this series is called Three Days That Changed the World. You say, well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's four days, preacher. You can't even count. Stay with me. When the sun sets, technically, it's Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is three days that changed the world. So as soon as the sun sets... Jesus has his last meal. And that night begins with a question. The question is still asked today, Jewish people who practice the Seder, the Passover meal, even today in the year 2017, the Passover meal begins with this same question that Jesus must have asked that night. And here's the question. You can write it down. Why is this night different than all the other nights? And what they would normally do, they still do it today, they look to see who's the youngest person in the room. Usually it's a child. Because they want the child to be able to tell the story. Because everyone else should know the story. And if the youngest child can tell the story, then they've done their job of passing down this heritage and this, this memory of this event. And so... When Jesus asked this question, whoever the youngest disciple, he would have answered this question. They would have retold the story of how God delivered them 1,300 years ago. After the 10th and final plague, after they had been in bondage for 400 years. The 10th and final plague was taking the lamb and taking the blood and putting on the tops and the sides. And that night, the death angel passed over that house And through that event, our people, God's people, were finally set free after 400 years of bondage. The key word, write this down, is the word remember. As they ate that meal, that Passover meal, which was on the first night of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, everything they ate had something to do with remembering the story of the Exodus. And then, at the conclusion, they would read and sing the hymns, the Psalms, 113 through 118, and they celebrated and they have worshipped that they were delivered 1,300 years ago. And all of a sudden, things take a turn in the upper room. 
in the midst of the celebration, everybody's feeling good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's blessed. Everybody's festive. They're probably even dancing. Jesus, in the midst of this celebration, Jesus shocks them. He says in verse 18, the Bible says, while they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you sitting around this table will betray me, one who is eating with me. This is called the bitter betrayal. We have the Passover preparations, and now we have the bitter betrayal where Jesus actually tells them himself, one of you sitting around this table is going to betray me. Now you have to understand how chilling these words would have sounded to Jesus' followers that night when he tells them, one of you will betray me. I want you to imagine you're eating at a table with your family, your whole family there, your closest friends, everybody's happy, their glasses are clinking, they're telling stories, the wine is flowing, your stomachs are full, and all of a sudden your dad, your dad stands up at the head of the table. And your dad says, I need to tell you something, I have received a death threat upon my life, and it's credible. And what I've been told, that in just a few hours, I will be murdered. And I want you to know that someone here in our family is involved in the plot. That would put a damper on things that evening, don't you think? I'm sure if it had been your father making that announcement, you would have responded the exact same way the disciples responded. In verse 19, it says they were saddened. And one by one, they said to him, Surely not I. Surely not I. Surely not I. According to verse 19, one by one, all 12 of them deny it. Every one of them. It's from this verse that we get this photograph that Leonardo da Vinci painted in the year 1495, 1496. They don't know exactly. It's the very end of the 1400s. This was painted. It's a 15 by 30 foot mural. It's painted painted on a wall in a dining hall in a monastery. And you can see by all the disciples, they're all looking around like, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. And when this painting was painted, it was painted with Judas holding a bag with 30 pieces of silver, which is worth about $200 in today's money. Do not be surprised by the fact that Judas betrays the Lord. The truth is we've probably all betrayed the Lord at one point in one way or another. Don't you think we have? Don't you think we've all betrayed Jesus in some form for even less than 30 pieces of silver? We always think, well, Judas, how could you? Judas, what are you thinking about? Jesus is your best friend. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. How could you sell him out for 30 pieces of silver? I wonder how many times by the decisions we've made that we've betrayed the Lord. Jesus says, one of you, and I think he points to every guy around that table, one of you is going to betray me. Later on in verse 27, he tells them, all of you will fall away. And the disciples all said, surely not I, surely not I, surely not I, surely not I, all 12 of them. So Jesus says this in verse 20. He goes, oh, it's one of the 12. And it's the one who dips bread into the bowl with me. 
Now, this is not communion. This is the Passover meal. All right? They're all there to look backwards. But Jesus says, the one who dips the bread in the bowl with me will betray me. And I want you to write this word. It's the key word. It's the word bittersweet. The word bittersweet. You see what they did? They took those bitter herbs. Did you see in the menu those bitter herbs? You wonder what those are there for? They put these bitter herbs and they made this sauce with dried fruit. Now why during the Passover meal are they putting bread, that unleavened bread, in that bitter stuff and biting it? Because God never wanted them to forget that bitter sweet moment where they were enslaved for 400 years the 10 plagues the death and loss of the firstborn of every family all of that time in egypt it was bitter so he wanted them to taste this bitterness so they would never forget how horrible slavery was it was sweet in the fact that god had delivered them out of that bondage so it's bitter sweet and so he's taking this bread and he says, the one, who dips, the one who dips in this with me is the one who's going to betray me. And some people think that right when Judas was dipping, that Jesus reached over and dipped with him. Some people think that perhaps Jesus just dipped the bread in that bitter herb and handed it to Judas. We don't really know for sure, but we do know this. That this entire scene is prophetically pointing to Jesus' suffering when he himself will suffer and he himself will die. And Jesus will deliver all people. Oh, it's a bittersweet moment. It's bittersweet. You know, they should have been looking backwards, but instead Jesus is looking to the cross, which they don't know this, but it's just a few hours from now. And he hopes they never forget the bitterness when Jesus himself will go to the cross and he will die and he will have nails driven through his hands and through his feet. There'll be a crown of thorns placed upon his brow. A spear will be thrust into his side. They will pluck his beard. We'll see that in a few sermons. And we see all that that Jesus suffered. It is so bitter and yet it's sweet because it was through his suffering that all of us have been saved. And this entire scene is a fulfillment of messianic prophecy hundreds of years before any of this took place. In Psalm chapter 41, verse 9, these words were written, Even my closest friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Everything that's happening this moment is because of the sovereignty of God. Let's go back to that Thursday night, technically Friday. They're participating in the Passover. It's the first night of the entire week of celebration. Part of the meal is to take the bread and to dip it into those bitter herbs and that dried fruit. He says, one of you, this is a bittersweet moment, one of you will betray me. All of that is a part of the plan of God to redeem the entire world. Look at verse 21. He says, the Son of Man will go just as it has been written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. 
It would be better if he had not ever even been born. You see, the ultimate pain is when one turns his back on Jesus. Don't do it. Don't turn your back on Jesus. Don't go into that life of sin and disobedience. Don't do it. Don't turn away from Jesus. Uh, There's nothing more painful than running away from Jesus. Don't ever think that you know what's best for you more than what God knows what's best for you. Don't do it. Judas's name will forever be etched in time as the one who betrayed the Christ, the Son of the living God. Don't do it. Don't betray Jesus. Love Jesus. Embrace Jesus. Run to Jesus. Accept Jesus. Follow Jesus with all of your heart. So we have the Passover preparations. That's the first part. The second part of this bitter betrayal. But then we come to the third part, which is the sacrificial supper. We come to what's called the Lord's Supper. Some people call it the Last Supper. Now you should know. We know it as communion. Verse 22, while they were eating. So they were participating in the Passover meal. It's all, it, was in, it, was inter, it was interwoven with the Passover meal. Jesus took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He said, take it, this is my, my body. Now, I want, I want you to write this down if there's a place to write it down. Jesus spoke Aramaic. He did not speak English. He spoke Aramaic. And the word is, that verb, is not in the Aramaic language in this verse. It, he did not say, this is my body. What he said was this in Aramaic. He said, take. Take. My body. My body. My body. It's for you. It's broken. For you. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.